payroll relief for business, and Ann Bikina from Morrison Forrester joins us. I'm Lawrence Coletti. This is Legal Talk Today. All right. Thank you so much for joining us, Ann. How are things going at Morrison Forrester? Things are going well. We are digesting all of this relief that's coming at us from Congress and trying to help you know, business clients sort through what might be available for them. So yeah, you guys must be very busy right now uh, with everything going on. And so yeah, how's everybody uh, holding up working remote though? We're doing well. You know, legal work lends itself fairly well to, you know, as long as you have a computer and a, a corner in your house to set up in. So we're able to, to function, you know, pretty well, all things considered. That's good. That's good. So we've got a lot to cover in a very short period of time. So let's get to it. So in response to the coronavirus shutdowns, Congress passed some legislation aimed at encouraging employers to continue paying wages and benefits to their employees, despite the difficult financial times upon us. And to accomplish that, uh, the legislation included some payroll tax credits, some loans, and uh, also some tax deferrals. So, so Anna, what I'm going to do is just kind of map out the main bullets that we want to cover here. So first, sick leave credit. The second one, family leave credit. And then we'll move on to paycheck protection, loan forgiveness, employee retention tax credit, and finally, payroll tax deferral. So, and per your suggestion, which is a great one, why don't we lump the paid sick leave credit and the paid family leave credit together? And so if, if you wouldn't mind, for our newbie business owners out there, what are the paid sick leave program and the paid family leave program? And then describe how this new credit helps businesses. So the, the paid leave credit programs are to help small employers defined as employers with less than 500 employees who are continuing to, to run their businesses fund what is now required paid leave for their workers. The paid sick leave requires that employees get up to two weeks of full pay, generally at $510 a day. If they're sick under a government isolation order or recommendation, you know, with respect to coronavirus issues. And so, you know, they get up to two weeks pay and now they can get a tax credit for any of those payments. And family leave is a 12-week program of of expanded leave under the Family Medical Leave Act that employees can get up to $200 a day for weeks three to 12 for childcare because the regular daycare providers or the schools are closed requires the employees to watch their children. You know, the idea is for an employee who's, watching their children for 12 weeks, the first two weeks would be covered through the paid sick leave, which does cover at a lower rate leaves other than just the immediate employee being sick. That's another $200 a day metric, but they would get 12 weeks, essentially $200 a day. And the in order to help employees fund this, they can take a refundable credit amount against their payroll taxes. So they, when they figure out their quarterly payroll tax obligations, they can subtract any of these payments. And if they end up in a negative territory, they can apply for a refund. I understand that there's a timeline for this tax credit. It uh, goes from, and for both of these, so for the paid sick leave credit and the paid family leave credit, goes from April 1st, 2020 to December 31st, 2020. Is that correct? That is correct. That's the covered period. Okay. And just a quick follow-up question. There's, in terms of double dipping here, so I see a couple things. So for the paid sick leave, there's a credit in there, uh, or there's an allotment for caring for your children and also others who might be sick from the coronavirus. But then the paid family leave credit factors in, you might be caring for your children. And so is there a double dip formula there uh, between the two of these? 
there's an overlap. So the assumption is that you would take 12 weeks of leave if you're caring for your children. The first two weeks would be through the paid sick leave program, which you would get at the lower reimbursement rate of $200 a day. The family leave, the first two weeks is unpaid to accommodate that overlap. And then the $200 a day under that leave program would kick in. Okay. Well, let's move on to the Paycheck Protection Loan Forgiveness Program. And so, again, through the eyes of a newbie business owner, you know, what is this program and then how does the non-recognition of taxable cancellation of debt income help them? You know, the program is to help small business owners uh, access cash to keep keep themselves operating. It's, it's non-recourse, low interest, no fee loans generally to fund payroll and certain other operational costs. The company has to use the funds at least 75% toward payroll. And if they do that, then costs for the first eight weeks of operations, which were you know 75% payroll and then the other 25% can be applied to rent, utilities, and other costs, those are forgiven, including interest on the principal and the unlike most loan forgiveness under the tax code, it is explicitly income tax free, basically free money. Okay. And then uh, just in terms of the type of business that can qualify for this, I understand that this is primarily reserved for the Paycheck Protection Program qualifiers. Yeah, you've got to be a eligible under the, the SBA rules to have less than uh, 500 employees. So it's it's for small businesses. It's not for, you know, there are there are other loan programs for larger businesses in the tax relief, but um, this one is just at the small business, although it is a limited pool of $349 billion, which ran out this morning, but hopefully Congress is working on, on refilling the pot. So is there any limitation on what is forgiven through this particular program? As long as the amounts were applied 75% to paychecks, payroll, then the entire principal and, and the entire principal of, you know, that was borrowed can be forgiven. You know, it's operating costs, but with the 75% rule. Now, the amount you can borrow is limited to a function of your payroll, so the, the two should largely line up. It's two and a half months of your average monthly payroll for the, for the past 12 months. That's the maximum you can borrow under this program. And then, as I understand it, your uh, amount forgiven cannot exceed the amount of principal borrowed. Is that correct? It can, no, it's principal plus interest. Okay. Oh, wow. That's, uh, that's, uh, that's interesting. So didn't quite catch that in my research, so I appreciate that, Ann. Sure. All right. We'll move on to the next bullet point here. So uh, the employee retention tax credit, a.k.a. the payroll tax credit. So, uh, Ann, what is this and what are the qualifications to uh, be part of that? Now, this one does not have a size limitation. This is available to any employer. It is a tax credit for keeping furloughed employees on your payroll. So employees who are, you know, assumed to be temporarily, uh, you know, at home, maybe because your, your, your business has shut down, are continuing to be paid. And that includes their health care costs and the employer's portion of their health care costs. And the maximum credit that's available is 50% of the employee's first 10,000 in wages. So 5,000 per employee. You have to be, though, under a coronavirus condition during this period, which means either you've been suspended in full or in part by a government order, or you have a year-over-year decline of more than 50% of your gross receipts um, for the calendar quarter of the prior year. As long as those conditions are in effect, then any employees who you continue to pay for not working, those payments can be, it's a, it's a refundable credit again against your payroll taxes. And as I understand it, there are some parts of wages that are included in other types of compensation that are not. Can you break that down for us? 
Sure. So wages are generally cash payments to employees. It doesn't include equity or, you know, pension or profit sharing contribution. And it also doesn't cover any wages that would be covered under the paid leave credits we just talked about. Now, one other qualification to what is treated as uh, wages and who is eligible, when I said it's for employees who are not working, that's the general rule. For small employers, which is defined as less than 100 employees in total, wages are just wages that are paid. So small businesses that are continuing to operate can take this credit. Whereas any business with more than 100 employees, it's only for people who are not working. Okay. And then what's the timeline for this particular credit? This is for from the time that you are um, either suspended or, or, or hit that gross receipts calendar quarter amount. It starts from March 12th through the end of the year. If you recover and your revenues recover to more than 80% of what you had last year, you, that, that's the last quarter in which you can take the credit. All right. So this is my last bullet point here. So the payroll tax deferral. And so basically this is a moratorium on paying employer share of social security taxes. But uh, can you describe this for us and then uh, the qualifications to be part of it? Sure. This is basically eligible to any employer that pays social security taxes. There's no size limits or, you know, you don't have to make any statements that you are under coronavirus um, distress. It just allows any uh, payroll tax that was, would be deposited on or after March 27th through the end of the year to be deferred tax-free until December 31 of 2021 and 2022. So it, get, it gets paid in two equal installments on those dates. So, Anne, I understand there is one restriction related to the Paycheck Protection Program. In general, you cannot claim this credit if you get loan forgiveness under the Paycheck Protection Program. So a small employer who is applying for a Paycheck Protection Loan has to decide which program they're going to take advantage of. That's also true of the employee retention credit. That can't be used if you're, if you're getting a Paycheck Protection Loan. This one can't be used if you're getting Paycheck Protection Forgiveness. But if you don't know if you're going to get the loan or you're going to get the forgiveness, you can still claim the deferral and not pay your taxes. And if you do that in good faith, you can pay them late and take, take the benefit now that you know you have in hand. Okay. Well, fantastic. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. And if our, if our listeners, they have questions or they want to follow up with you, how can they find you? I am at Morrison and Forrester and Bikina, B-E-C-C-H-I-N-A, a little Google search or a look on the web, um, you can track me down. Thank you, listeners, for tuning in. If you like what you heard, please rate us in your favorite podcasting app. If you want to reference our cited sources for this episode, you can find them at LegalTalkNetwork.com. That's LegalTalkNetwork.com. This has been Legal Talk Today. I'm Lawrence Coletti. Stay strong, everybody. <laughs>